Alright, I guess I'll get into my um, <clears throat> story. I'm gonna try and talk louder. <laughs> she scared okay? She scared herself. She touched the door with her foot <laughs> and didn't expect it. I thought it. a dog <laughs> got into it, but now it's like, do you want to go out and play with them? She doesn't really know what to do when they play fetch with toys because she's not. She's getting good at fetch with me. That's good. Occasionally. But some days she just doesn't understand it. <laughs> like, she just likes to run around. She doesn't mm-hmm. like to play with toys unless she's, like, playing tug-of-war with Finley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, I guess I'll get into my story. <sighs> Should I move this around? So it's more at my mouth. <clears throat> I think if you're going to do that any day today, it is a good option. We really have to get better ones. Yes. We need to look into what are the best ones, even if they're kind of expensive. Because when I listen to this podcast in my car, yes, I listen to myself because I'm my only fan. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I literally have to turn the volume all the way up to like 25. I have to do it with a lot of things, though. I mean, I do too, but like our I, intro I mean, like- music... Is uh-huh. like a, an 11, a 10 or 11. Yeah, it's very loud. But then us, I literally have to turn it up a whole nother. Yeah. No, I know that. Um, Full dial. And even editing can be kind of hard. I have to do it with my AirPods in so I have noise cancellation and can't hear anything else. Oh, I don't usually have an issue editing. I'm also kind of deaf, so especially right now. Um. Anyway, so today I'm covering the Lawson Family Murders. Uh, my sources are Wikipedia, the podcast Deadly Secrets, The Lawson Family Murder. Um, I think it was just like a special that was done by the podcast True Crime North Carolina, hmm. um, which is a Fox 8 original po- original podcast. Um, and then also myfox8.com were all of my sources because every article I tried to find on this was on some like a news website. Mm-hmm. that I had to pay. So I was like, well, let's get creative with this one. <laughs> so I did listen to like two hours worth of podcast material to get um, my information. So in 1911, Charles Lawson married Fanny Manring and they had eight children, but their third child, William, was born in 1914 but sadly died of an illness in 1920, so they only had, what, is that seven children now? Mm-hmm. Um, in 1918, the family followed Charles' younger brothers, Marion and Elijah, to the Germanton area. I don't know if that's right. I think it is. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I'm if that's the right name. Ah. Because it has red under it, so I might have typed it wrong, or that's right, and my computer just doesn't like it. <laughs> um, they all worked as tenant tobacco farmers and were able to save enough money to buy their own farm on Brook Cove Road in 1927. On Brook Cove Road, not in. Um, in 1929, right before Christmas... Charles took his wife and their seven children, Marie, age 17, Arthur, age 16, Carrie, age 12, um, Maybelle, age 7, 
James, age four, Raymond, age two, and Mary Lou, four months old, into town to buy new clothes and have a family portrait taken. Um, but this was pretty uncommon for a working class rural family at the time. Mm. Um, but, uh, moving on. On the afternoon of December 25th, Charles shot his daughters. We're just getting right into it. Oh! (laughs) Um, Charles shot his daughters, Carrie and Maybelle, as they were heading off, um, to their aunt and uncle's house. Mm-hmm. Um, he waited for them by the tobacco barn until they were in range, shot them with a 12-gauge shotgun that ensured they were dead by bludgeoning them. Um, he placed their bodies into the tobacco barn. Um, after this, Charles returned to the house where he shot Fanny, um, who was on the porch. As soon as he shot his wife, Marie, who was inside, screamed, while the two small boys, James and Raymond, attempted to find a hiding place. Um, he shot Marie and then found and killed his two boys. Last, he shot and killed the baby Mary Lou, and it is thought that she was bludgeoned to death. And not shot, so. Last one's killed, though, is the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After the murders, he went into the nearby woods and shot himself in the heart several hours later. Interesting. Yeah. So the only survivor was her oldest son, who was 16-year-old Arthur, um, who I had been rabbit doing, hunting. I what? kept on doing the math in my head. I was like, I thought you said there were seven. Yeah. I can't figure out where number seven um, is. <laughs> he had been rabbit hunting with his cousin, Sanders Lawson, who had spent the night. And Charles had sent the boys to get more shotgun shells to keep rabbit hunting just before committing the murders. And people think that he sent the two boys out since they were bigger and might have been able to stop him Mm -hmm. from killing everybody. Because, like, Arthur was 16, and I don't know how old the cousin was, but I think, you know, two bigger teen boys could... That'd be big enough to do something about it. So, all the bodies were found with their arms crossed and rocks under their heads. Under their heads? Like, they're as pillows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why it took so many hours. He had to find all the right rocks. Well, the final shot that Charles had done was heard by many people who had already learned of the murders on the property and gathered there. Because I'm, uh, I don't remember who found them. I think it was the cousin found them first. Wait, so Um, were they found before he killed himself? Yeah. Because it just said that, yeah. No, I I understood that, that, but... Yeah. I needed to clarify again. <laughs> um, like I said, I don't know how quickly it was that, like, the boys had gotten back. And I think it was Sanders that had found the bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he obviously went to tell everyone. Yeah. Um, so a police officer who was with Arthur ran down to discover Charles' body along with letters to his parents. And I looked everywhere, but I couldn't find the letters. Uh-huh. Um... There were footprints that had encircled a tree nearby and the body, um, nearby the body, not in the body. Um, and it was supposed, uh, well, it was thought that Charles had been, like, pacing around the tree, mm-hmm. possibly for hours before killing himself. Because what that I- doesn't seem unreasonable. I think there was, like, just, like, a, a dirt path, like, in the ground from yeah. him just circling it. Um, 
The Lawsons were laid to rest in a family graveyard that had been established in 1908. And it looks to me, well, not it looks to me, I looked up the grave and Charles was still buried with the family that he murdered. Which that really gets my goat. I'll tell you what. I'd be pissed. Should um, at least be like buried on the other side, like just outside the fence. He's on they bury the, all kinds of people just outside the, the fence. Tombstone with the like rest on of the them. family tombstone. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like they're not only is he buried stones. right next to them. He's on the he's stone. He's on their stone with them. So Arthur Who made Watson. That choice? I know it makes <laughs> me mad. I'm like, why did nobody be like, yeah, let's not have the man who clearly killed his family. He used to be in the ar- unmarked grave a few space is over yeah but arthur lawson lived until the age of 32 when he was killed in a motor accident leaving a wife and four children that's sad so that's sad but at least but he i i really did think since family. he died so young he was he would have done it i thought it was going to be another suicide for yeah. a second I'm, I'm happy it wasn't i'm yeah, sad he died but i'm happy he but seemed to go on and be have, okay yeah yeah since Charles killed himself after these murders, no one knows for sure what happened to cause this family annihilation. But here are some theories. Yay. The theories are quite long. I'm just now realizing. <laughs> um, so months before this event happened, some people say years, but that doesn't seem right to me. Um, so I'm going to say months because that seems more right in my uh-huh. mind. Charles had sustained a head injury. Um, this seems, I don't really understand, in in my brain, I don't understand how this adds up to causing a head injury, but he had been digging out behind his house and there was a fence behind him, which his machine or whatever he was using, um, to like dig got stuck and came back and hit him in the top of the head. So I'm like, what? what machine is this? That's what I I don't know because I think he was just like digging with a shovel. Assume he was just digging with a shovel behind his house, but something came and hit him on the top of the head. And some family and friends think that this may have altered his mental state and was related to the murders. I still don't know. Okay. <clears throat> what that? How? What? Maybe it was like. What was he doing that? I'm trying made to think. Okay, happen? so what's the simplest That's why I said tool. it doesn't make sense in my head the how this happened because that it just. So, like, shovel is simplest tool. The next yes. simplest tool is not like a full machine, would be like a post hole digger. But did they have those in. Yeah. That time period, yeah. That might have been when it was. Be a post hole digger and that, like, got stuck <clears> in the <throat> ground and, like, also because it has two handles, so then it's, like, wedged in the fence slightly, lifts it and smacks them or something. Because I'm trying to, okay, the only time I hit myself in the head with a shovel, because I professionally dig holes for a living, um, is when I stick my shovel in the ground, and then it's not in the ground enough, and then it falls back and hits me. <laughs> but that's not hard enough to do anything to you. So it has to be something he's yanking, or if it is a machine machine, it's yanking. It's not yeah. just going to be something falling. I don't anyway. know. It's, I can see how it is possible, um, but that's it's very vague. <laughs> well, I know. That's why I'm like, I'm not sure exactly what causes head injury, but this is what they say. Uh-huh. Um, so he had been complaining of bad headaches, and he had not been sleeping at night. Oh, even could be like a brain tumor. Um, and he was also known to get up in the middle of the night and walk around um, and check his guns. So he might not have just been mentally well his whole life. <laughs> 
Well, it could, it could be, yeah, that he, there's something, just undiagnosed mental illness um, or undiagnosed tumor or cysts so in the brain. So, there was an autopsy and analysis done on his brain oh. at Johns Hopkins Hospital, and they found no abnormalities, oh. but... Interesting. I mean, were they good at checking brains back then? I well, okay. So if it was the, one of the two things I just listed, they would see those. If it was, they probably see something if he got hit in the head. There's probably. I think well, that concussions causes can make your brain jiggle and not cause long term visible yeah, damage. That could be as far as I know. I don't know a lot about that kind of head injury, but if it's mental illness, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty um, good. <laughs> so, when the book White Christmas, Bloody Christmas was published in 1990 by Trudy Smith and Bruce Jones about um, the Lawson family murders, there was a claim that Charles sexually abused Marie. Um, this stemmed from an anonymous source who heard a rumor during a tour of the Lawson family home shortly after the murders. Um, so, it isn't based on fact. Mm-hmm. The day before the book was to be published, the author received a phone call from Stella Lawson, a relative who had um, already been interviewed for the book. She said um, that she had overheard Fanny's sister-in-law and aunts, including Stella's mother, Jetty Lawson? Might be Letty, because I know the name Letty, but I don't know the name, the name Jetty. Um, discussing how Fanny had confided in them that she had been concerned about an incestuous relationship between Charles and Marie. Um, Jetty or Letty, like I said, I don't know, um, died in early 1928, which means that Fanny had been suspicious of the incest at least that long before the murders Mm -hmm. in 1929. But this is all just talk mm-hmm. like this isn't all from the no... wife though yeah why how did she not from the wife talking to her i didn't say fanny's sister-in-law i don't know so the wife talking to the sister-in-law okay um there was more support for this theory when the meaning of our tears was published by the same authors in 2006 still about the loss and family murders Um, a close friend of Marie Lawson, Ellie May, came forward and disclosed that a few weeks before Christmas in 1929, Marie confided in her that she was pregnant by her own father and that both he and Fanny knew about this. So I'm not saying people are lying, but, you know. Well, that could be a combination of all of the things you've said so far. Yeah. Um... Another close friend and neighbor to the Lawson family, Hill Hampton, stated that he knew of serious problems going on within the family, but did not elaborate on this. Um, as far as I know, there was never an autopsy done on Marie to see if she actually had been pregnant or mm-hmm. if anything had actually even happened to her. So, like I said, to me, I don't... Rumors don't mean it's true. Yeah. Even if it's, like, people saying that this is what they heard, it's like, okay, but. Yeah. I need hard facts. Anyways. Another theory 
was that John Dillinger had committed the murders. Um, he was on the loose at the time and had signed the family's funeral guest book. <laughs> um, That's crazy. John Dillinger was a gangster of the Great Depression, and he led a group known as the Dillinger Gang. So maybe you should cover that sometime. Look up the Dillinger Gang. Yeah. Shortly after the murders, Charles' brother, Marion Lawson, opened the home as a tourist attraction and charged people around a quarter to enter. Like, murder tourism is the craziest thing that happened during that time period. Like, I think it's so interesting and funny. <laughs> it is. Like, they would sell little, like, souvenir versions of the houses. Um, so a cake that Marie had baked on Christmas Day was displayed on the tour, and visitors began to pick at the raisins on the cake as souvenirs. <laughs> so it was placed in a covered glass cake server for many years. That's funny. Um, there was a poem that was on a souvenir pamphlet that would be handed out to you during these tours that read, On a hill beside a roadway stands a lonely cottage home where there once had lived some people and they called it all their own. Looking outward from this doorway to the brook that runs below, you can hear the trees murmuring as they're bending to and fro. But this house is now deserted and the people are away, for tis house occurred a murder on a snowy Christmas day. There the father, Charles D. Lawson, with his mind almost undone, took the lives of all his people, save that of his oldest son. There his wife was lying, prostrate... And her blood upon, upon the floor, and her baby in the cradle, whom she, whom she fondled with no more. And Marie was lying close beside her mother's head. So where James and Raymond, um, so were James and Raymond victims for, they were lying dead. And Carrie and little Maybelle, who were running up the road, fell victims of this madman as his gun let out his load. Yet he surely must has must have loved them as he gently laid each head there upon a little pillow for the sleeping of the dead how he did this awful murder tried to tell there is no one can for his actions were too mystic for the mind of any man yet we must concede him crazy when he did this awful crime for no man that is normal minded would have dared to kill his kind when he saw this awful murder that he knew that he had done how could he have the courage there to face his only son? So he started out there running to some woods not far away, and he ended his own life there on this snowy Christmas day. So now, friends, while you are passing by this little house up on the hill, do not say that he, he just did this of his own according will. But be sure in your decisions have a kind, forgiving mind. God alone can judge the actions of a madman of this kind. And now you know why his name is on the tombstone. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, his family is just as crazy as he was. Um, the cabin <laughs> has since I... been torn down, but you can still see the foundation where it once stood. So, no more tours. Dang it. Yeah. That's the one thing I wanted to do in North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool. We went to Villisca. That was really fun. I think fun. about that trip a lot. It was, it was I know. so 
this it was just this, over a year ago. I know. And the spontaneity was just, it was, that was perfect so weather that day. I know. Just lovely. Good memory. What a fall day. That cat. It was, it was just the ideal fall day. Um, so now I'm going to move on to the hauntings because I have a, I have a Double two feature. for one. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I just want to point out in that poem, they talk about him laying out his dead family like that. And it's like, I feel like no one talked about that enough because there had to be something wrong with him if he was killing his family and then put crossing their hands and but, I mean, that happens putting a, a rock under their head. Other and... kinds of murderers. I don't know a lot about, like, family, family killers, killers, but... And if it, what, how like the psychology goes with that, but that kind of preparation happens a lot in like the um the various railroad axe murders that happen, yeah, where they like systematically cover all the things and lay people certain ways. Yeah, and... I mean I know of the covering of stuff. Yeah, but, but I know not... laying people out, but it's like, but I think it's... like he dragged the two daughters' bodies to the barn and like yeah. From what I know of other family annihilator stories, it does seem. Well, I'm just thinking of, like, John List, and I'm like, did he do... I don't know if he did that. He, I think he put them all in one room. I think that's common, of moving them post-death. But, like, I why? Don't think... Does anybody ask them why? I, there has or do they to all be... kill themselves? I don't, I don't know. I'm I don't know. Google. There has to be some just mental <laughs> reason that it. the ceremony needs to be done. Like, they are still family, even though they needed to die. Well, because, like... There's plenty of family annihilators that aren't doing it because they don't like them, but they're doing it because they're sparing them in their minds. So you would want to treat Men the people so you're sparing. Dumb. That's all I gotta say. But yeah, yeah you kill know. your whole family. It really spares them from you. The How much you just leave damaging. or something? <laughs> A lot um, of pride connected to not being able to provide, or if you do find yourself doing something wrong that you can't stop yourself from doing, you must kill them to spare them. Of the humiliation. I assume well. he did it. <laughs> it's crazy that that gangster did visit, but I don't know enough about that I know, gangster that's to say so that. Cool. Because cause he was called a gangster, yeah. not Well, when I looked it up, all of his killer. crimes were just, like, bank robbing and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't was think like, he did that. I think, I think he was just, just in the kill area. kill a whole family, but all right. I just think it was cool that he's in a guest book. I was like, Alternatively, oh, someone in. thought it was a fun joke. Um, Okay. <laughs> So, on to hauntings. So, the funeral home that was used for the Lawson family is now opened as a museum. Fun. Um, there were two viewing rooms at this funeral home. So, this is, like, a, from a podcast episode of me just trying to, like, take only information about the Lawson family. Because mm-hmm. they were, like, talking to one of the museum curators or whatever. And he was, like, talking about all the things they have on display and, like, mm-hmm. all the different things they do in this place. And I was just, like... Lovely, just, great, but I want this is great. These I'm just details, to do certain things. So, like, if it sounds kind of weird and doesn't make sense, it's just because I was trying to pick pieces out that were relevant to yeah. the story. So, there were two viewing rooms at this funeral home, which, um, one room has a worn-out floor from where people would shuffle their feet to view the body. And they would, like, stand in line to mm-hmm. wait to view the bodies for funerals. So, like, you know, you're just, like, slowly moving in the line. That's, I Not think that's cool. actual steps. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, the floor is, like, worn there from that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the okay I have typos the creaky <laughs> floors and dim lighting of the museum give a lot of people the creeps these are kind of direct quotes from the mm-hmm. um, museum curator there are some people that won't even go down the funeral hall the funeral home hallway because they get chills on their arms and they get a bad feeling going that direction um, a series of strange occurrences made one of the museum workers call in some paranormal investigators to come and investigate. People have seen a little girl around the age of five in a white dress. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the sightings have been from children. Oh, children. Wait, so children, children are seeing see a little, little girl, girl in a white dress. Yes. One child who was known as a seer. Um, said she couldn't go into one of the rooms because she went to turn the doorknob and it was hot. So yeah. that's kind of creepy. I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> um, a photograph hanging in the museum captured at night where the Lawson family was buried. So, like, I guess a picture of the cemetery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to include a ghostly figure leaning against a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one Christmas Eve, the workers heard a noise coming from downstairs, and when they went to investigate, the picture with the shadow had been found lying on the floor. Spooky. Mm. But that's about all I have for the hauntings, because the cabin's torn down, and so the funeral home is, like, the only place, other than maybe this, uh, little cemetery. It's very well not even haunted from the story. Yeah. It's just the one place you can go learn about it. But I mean, it is creepy that... You know, yeah, that's a good story. On Christmas Eve, the picture of them got... Oh, yeah. ...thrown off the wall. Um, but fun fact, the event inspired a number of songs and other, um, tributes, including the murder ballad, The Murder of the Lawson Family, which was recorded by the Stanley Brothers in March of 1956. So... What's with... Once again, another story we've covered that has a song, song attached to it. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the Allegheny Boys That's why one. I said it was a fun fact. Yeah. Gotta start uh, looking up things for all of them. I know. They reminded me, though, because um, you talking about that funeral home museum made me think about the Voodoo Museum I went to in New Orleans, and then it made me think about all the haunted places I've ever been in a long set of things. That's a cool museum. Maybe I'll talk about it more one day. But it made me think about... Um, we stayed in a haunted hotel in Michigan one of the nights. It was beautiful. It was a castle. Uh-huh. Just stunning, like, mansion. Um, each room was a different theme, and they did it each... You know, and, like, sometimes they say, oh, each room's a different theme, and then they'll be, like, blue, and then have the Eiffel Tower, and that's the France room, you know? And, or it'll be like, it's Tibet, and then I'll have mountains painted on the wall, and that's it. No, they went, like all out in every single one of them they're like no yeah. this is a room from versailles and this is a room for tibetan monks and things like that it was super cool would recommend it i think it's called henderson something like that it's in it's in um kalamazoo michigan it was really really cool and i won't look up old places that i have to stay the night in until after i've spent the night there <laughs> Yeah. So that I can spend the night. I need to be able to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I didn't choose to go here. I happily went there and would choose to go there again. Highly recommend it. It was great. Um, but I went in, and I make myself anxious when I'm going into places that are supposed to be haunted. So I'm just naturally scared and on edge the entire time I'm in a place. Just, like, can't. I have to sleep the light on kind of thing. 
when I sleep in older hotels. Yeah. Like, that's how much I scare myself. And in this place, I felt like that at first because that's, again, my anxiety does it. And then by, like, 10 o'clock at night, I didn't feel any anxiety anymore. (laughs) And in the morning, I felt like I was totally normal and at home in this space. (laughs) Is that good or bad? Which is not normal for me. I'm usually anxious all the way through until I leave the building, until I'm off the property. And (laughs) including in non-haunted places that are just older, right? Um, I looked it up, and there are four ghosts that are reported there. There's a little girl. They have no explanation for her. There's a supposed soldier. They don't really have a good explanation for him. And then the other two are the builders. The husband and wife that built the, um, the mansion is their home. And they're supposed to just be, like, lovely, benevolent, like, watchers over. Like, there's no negative energies in this home. And I'm like, oh, no, I think it was haunted. And I think they just made me feel at home. (laughs) For me to lose my anxiety like that was crazy. (laughs) Like, I'm on edge right now from you telling the spooky story about the funeral home. That's how (laughs) on edge I am at all times. Because I'm just, like, freaked out by the paranormal. To have none whatsoever was crazy. So I do think it's haunted. But I think they're just, like, super lovely and friendly. (laughs) And it, nice people. I had to tell that story to someone else before I realized, oh my gosh, it was haunted. <laughs> That's funny. Because I left and I was like, huh, yeah, that wasn't haunted. Don't know why people say that. Because <laughs> again, oh, not scared at all. Why. I was like, oh, hoo, hoo. <laughs> nope. No, I'm more scared. Oh. Well, I didn't follow you because you were stressed out now, so. Yep. That makes you feel any better. Yep, they didn't follow us. That's a shame, actually. <laughs> I, I think I need them in my life. <laughs> I don't remember what inspired me to do this instead of, like, a normal one-location one, but I think it's just because half of the things that came up were just bridges in North Carolina for hauntings when I was searching it. (laughs) Just a lot of bridges. And I said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to do a um, combo. (laughs) All the haunted bridges that I found immediately on the internet. There's probably more, but these are the famous ones. (laughs) All right. Let's get into it. So my sources are only in your state, NorthCarolinaGhosts.com and HauntedRooms.com. And only having three sources proves that these are talked about a lot of places. Yes. Um, I have, Especially those ones. Yeah, and I have five, five bridges, I think. So my first bridge is the Caroline Bridge. Caroline Broad River Bridge. So I don't know who Caroline is, but it's a bridge that goes over the Broad River. It is located in Forest City, North Carolina, over the second Broad River. So I guess there's a first. Um, So there's a story that is, like, used to explain why it's haunted. And the story goes that one day, two two elderly women were going to the store to buy groceries. Um, They were driving. And as they drove over the bridge, they lost control and fell off the edge and died. Beetlejuice style, I assume. <laughs> the cat. No, it was a dog. <laughs> Something runs across. But dog. it was, um, so it was said that it was raining when the two elderly women were driving. And that's why it happened. They just literally yeah, just lost control. fishtailed yeah. and lost control and went over. Because bridges are slippery. Yeah, they are. Could have been a little chilly. I don't know. They didn't tell me what time of year. Well, a little bridge ice is poor road. That's why they put those signs out. These, this is these women. They're, they're why for sure. <laughs> Good possibility. Um, 
Anyway, so since it was raining, it said it is said that now when it rains, you can see two elderly women walking along the bridge at night, oh, or when it's raining. Cute. It's cute. It's cute. Cute little old ladies. Um, and Most sometimes people are. It's it's said that sometimes people offer them a ride home because it's <gasps> raining and they're old women walking. No. And they uh, will get into the vehicle, but as soon as the driver turns around to find them, they vanish. So it's oh, one of those stories. <laughs> people need to stop. Letting the hitchhikers hitchhike. <laughs> so, the elderly women are not the only ghosts on this bridge, though. Okay. Um, there's a number. Huh? Is it Beetlejuice himself? Yes. No. Um, is it the football team? <laughs> <laughs> so there are a number of suicides that are said to happen on oh, the wow, bridge. That's depressing. Come from. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and there. Blamed for the negative hauntings that also happen on the bridge. Okay. So, like, there's these two lovely old ladies, but also there's, like, some, Depressed you know, like... or something. No, 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 no. Like, like gross negative energy spirits kind of thing. And, and people are blaming these poor suicidal individuals for them. Um, well, but, I mean, negative energy, you know, it all makes negative sense. Negative energy stays around. But... So as people see shadow figures, when, you're, when you die, your energy has to go somewhere. Your you energy, know, it's true. Is neither created nor destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know science. So, <laughs> <laughs> so people see shadow figures on the bridge. Um, people will see a vehicle that is driving over the bridge, but it vanishes oh. before it reaches the, the other side. Um, that could be. Or did someone um, ramp the bridge at some point as a daredevil wha- tactic? <laughs> Who knows? But they'll they'll see ghosts driving vehicles. Okay. Um. Sometimes when driving over the bridge with your windows down, you can apparently hear cries, um, from no obvious source. All right. I'm thinking that's just a weird echoing that the bridge does personally because I've been on a lot of bridges that do that, but. Well, bridges normally go over water, and there's normally trees by water, so it could be a lot so, of things. So many <laughs> things that make noises that sound like cries when you go over the bridge, and if you have your windows down, you'd hear it. Um, so that's story number one. I have them in order, in order of like what I found least entertaining to most entertaining. Uh-huh. And not that I, I like the old ladies. They're fun, but yes. there's some more fun ones later. Um, so my next bridge is called Heartbeat Bridge. Ooh. You'll never why? guess why. <laughs> So, it's located on Chair Factory Road near Waiteville, North Carolina. Apparently, some time ago, two children... No, not two. Some time a girl. A girl. Some... Gosh! <laughs> some time a girl. <laughs> <laughs> some time ago, it's... No one knows when, there was a girl, and she was murdered on the bridge. And her heart was cut from her body and thrown over the edge by the murderer. Which is... It was this so real So gross. Huh? Is this real or just a legend? This is the legend. Um, I didn't go and, like, fact check all these bridges. Yeah. I was just... We were doing bridge legends we're doing today. Spooky. Spooky, um, spooky time. Spooky so time. Now, when you drive over the bridge in the middle of the night, you can hear the sound of a beating heart. <laughs> all right. And so the like volume... cars but, no. going over. So, but the volume ranges from faint to excruciatingly dun, 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 dun. loud. Yeah, and again, it's going over water. Who has that fear of the heartbeat noise? Gus. I was going to say, it's, sci- <laughs> it's in psych, isn't it? Because for one, I don't know what scary movie that is, but like an old 80s Um, thing. No, it's it's uh, Edgar Allan Poe. 
There, he has a oh, is that what it was? Where it's like a heart underneath a floorboard. Floorboard, yeah. That's that's what they're referencing when they're doing that. Maybe it's in something, another movie too, but that's where yeah. it's from originally. Yeah. Is Edgar Allan Poe. So that's a heartbeat bridge. Um, I didn't like the excruciating loud part, and that's why it beat out the old ladies. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty, uh, spooky. That is so gross. <laughs> but then there's me, I'd be like, is there something wrong with my car? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not my tire again. <laughs> so next we have Lydia's Bridge. Beetlejuice. It is, gosh, this, <laughs> apparently North Carolina is the inspiration. Um, so it's located in Jamestown, North Carolina, and it is a railroad bridge. So it, instead of cars driving over it, cars drove through it, the little tunnel portion. Yeah. Um, so Mary Lydia Jones and her date were driving home from a dance when they lost control in the rain and died on impact, hitting the side of the... Um, bridge because you know think about the ones how that hard are were they going well when you go how fast were they going i don't know but when you go straight to a solid wall go away go and say go potty no i told oh, you okay. to oppie oppie go and say go potty oppie let's go and say go potty absolutely not you stranger in the dark good girl well she came up to me and was just sitting there wanting pets mm-hmm. and she doesn't normally she want doesn't pets. want that yet she wants to go out um i don't know how fast they were going but either way, they died. Yeah. Or, yeah, he lost control and he died on impact. Okay. Lydia manages to get out of the wreck and walk in the rain in her blood-soaked dress, um, begging for passer- help from passersby. Um, so they won't pick up a real person, but they'll pick up a freaking ghost. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, honestly, you probably should stop for a very bloody girl on the side of the road when it's raining. Or at least call the police. I should know, do something I, for I personally her. wouldn't. Uh, but these people clearly pick up strangers. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's not me, but I know other anyway, people Anyway, so do. she, and she ended up dying on the side of the road from her injuries. Oh. She, it, I don't think she was going to live. Well, yeah. <laughs> with or without help. Probably it's, the adrenaline It's still just sad, though. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so as a result from their deaths, the locals demanded that a bridge be built over the railroad instead of having to go through the narrow uh-huh. bridge tunnel um to prevent similar accidents in the future and there is one now you this is no longer like a used yeah. road <laughs> so i mean i i think this story is true i did uh-huh. look into it but it seemed more true than the other ones yeah especially There's since more... there is the road now yeah. and it's no longer a, the road you use <laughs> So it is said that on rainy nights, um, when there's a full moon specifically, you can go to the tunnel and you might see Lydia trying to flag down help. And like the old ladies, if you help Lydia, she will get in the car and be asked to take into High Point because her mother must be worried. Um, Which is so sad. And then when you drive to the destination, uh, she'll vanish. Wait, I think High Point is the place where the funeral home was. (laughs) Wait, really? I want to look it up really quick. Because there wasn't one in... T- there wasn't a funeral home in town because they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, that, and it said that, like, these drivers who pick up ghost Lydia will go and knock on the door and an old lady will answer it and say, Lydia, you know, like, oh, no, my daughter died she's years ago dead. in an accident. It's one, it's another one of those classic picking up the hitchhikers. Oh, she's been gone 50 years. <laughs> so next is Zealandia Bridge. Okay. 
also known as Helen's Bridge, and that's that's the name it's known as for like when you know when you know it as a haunted bridge, you know it as Helen's Bridge, not Zealandia Bridge. Um, so it's located in Bowcatcher on Bowcatcher Mountain in Asheville, North Carolina. It was constructed in 1909 to connect the Zealand Mansion to the road system. So somebody built a mansion on a mountain, and then needed a bridge over the gap that. Yeah, because it's a mountain to get to the yeah. roads. So it's a personal bridge. <laughs> so the paranormal history supposedly starts when the house of a woman named Helen burned down. She was rescued, but the firefighter could not make it in time to save her infant daughter. Helen was so distraught about the loss of her daughter that she hanged herself off of the Zealandia Bridge. Um, which is fair to be devastated, but a little bit... Just like the war people. Use the personal one. Just like the war people. But yeah, so return for more after one day. I must. I mean, jump out of my hotel window. The, her baby's dead, which is sad. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm saying it's just taking it to the extremes, like all ghost stories. I know exactly. It's true. Yeah, all ghost stories are always such an extreme. Um. So after this, after she. She hanged herself. Um, strange things start to occur around the bridge. Cars would have minor car trouble while on the bridge, like dead batteries, or their car would not restart if you turned it off in the middle of the bridge, things like that. Um, people would start to claim that they... What? I wrote this weird. <laughs> they would claim that they saw Helen on the bridge, and if you called out to her, she would... Oh, hold on. I did write it right. I just got confused. People started to claim that if you say Helen on the bridge, like call out her name, uh-huh, like Bunny she would appear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, she would appear in a white nightgown and even talk to people sometimes and ask if they knew where her kid was, which is sad. <laughs> um, and then people also have started to report dark figures in the surrounding forest. Like, they, they would see out of the corner of their eye, and they would say Ew. that they had the feeling of being watched, <clears throat> and then they would get unexplained scratches and bruising after leaving the bridge. I think that's all brought there by people going there trying to experience this supposed negative thing that happened. Which aborts? I don't, I don't think it's because Helen did this. I think it's because people went there because Helen did this, if that makes sense. People bring negative energy if they want to bring it there, you know? Yeah. So that's Helen's bridge, and that's... You know, if I'm being honest, I think... Where I work is haunted. Fun. Why? Because when I am alone by myself in the mornings, because I'll open some mornings by myself and none of the kitchen people will be there. So I'll be in our whole little, you know, big place by ourselves, opening the bar and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'll, like, see someone out of the corner of my eye, always standing over by, like, the kitchen. Yeah. Like, the end of the bar. And I'll see something out of the corner of my eye and I always look and I'm like, all right. (laughs) No one's there, and I'll hear people, like, saying my name. Ew! No! But, like, there's people over next door at the restaurant next door. Yeah, no, door. exactly. So I'm like... You could just... Is it one of them saying my name, and I just have my AirPods, and I can't hear them? Mm-hmm. Or, like... But I always look around, and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. So my biggest... The biggest thing I hate doing is either going in the kitchen in the mornings by myself... Mm-hmm. Because the other part is open with all the windows. Yeah, you know, exactly. The bar area. It, it so feels like, safer eh, because people yeah. can see in and you can see out. And and they can open the door next door mm-hmm. if I, like, scream or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate going in the bathrooms. 
Because I'm scared, like, some customer or something, someone's just going to be, like, hiding in there waiting mm-hmm. for me in the mornings. So I hate opening, like, fully by myself. I like to think is you just have a, like, a homeless mornings. person who's just very strategically hiding. That's even scarier. I know. Because <laughs> all the hobos listen, over there are on meth, Sadie. Again, for me, it's <laughs> They're not. Gonna eat my face Real people something. are less scary somehow. No. Not, in, not, in, not where I work. I understand that. Not like the guy fair. who asked to use our phone and I said it doesn't make outdoor calls outside <laughs> of the <laughs> You thought I was talking about outside of the United States. That was the quickest... Gosh, that was so funny. Such a quick response. No. I mean, like, That's I work in I the woods and I'm not scared of, like, a crazy person being in the woods. Um, I'm scared of people leaving booby traps in the woods and <laughs> I'm scared of animals, like, hunting me. Those are the things animals. I'm scared of. Yeah, like... What animals? Um, you know, like mountain lions rabbit? or... <laughs> not that bears hunt you, but I don't want to meet one in the woods. Cause we're... But the thing is, we're always, like, so far away from a car or a road or anything yeah. when we're doing projects that, like, if anything happens, you're it's you're gone. You're done. Yeah. You're dead. No one's finding you. Like, it's just... No one's helping you. Like, no, it's too late. You can't run to you anywhere can... for safety. You return to the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that is all. You're one with nature. <laughs> um gosh. <laughs> we were we were in the we were in you know the backwoods as we always are and we drove the car way down into it cuz there was a uh, farm access road so we mm-hmm. could take it a while. And we started hearing a horn honking, no. like, just, like, sporadically. Ghost light. And at first we thought it was ours, and we, it, like, it hit, someone was bothering it, and the alarm was going off. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, consistent. It was somebody yeah, it honking like the horn. Yeah. Um, and we're like, is someone in our car honking the horn for some weird reason? Is someone honking at our car? But there's no reason, because you could have gone around it um, if you needed to get by. We figured it out it was because it, there was a road grader going by, and he was clear. there was a car ahead clearing the way for it. Yeah. But the entire time we're like, oh no, but is it like, is it like a Wendigo and it's trying to get us to go back to the car to see if anything's wrong? <laughs> was, was where we were mentally at rather than being like reasonable. Like, no, this must be a cryptid trying to kill us. <laughs> Good possibility. It was, it was the last day of September. So it's right before spooky season super starts. So only spooky things are on the mind. Um... Okay, so one last bridge. This is my favorite one. Um, it's also very sad, but it's also very funny. <laughs> it's called the Craven Street Bridge. So this bridge goes over the French Broad River near Asheville. Legend goes that sometime in the early 1900s, some boys were swimming in the French Broad River, which was a normal thing to do. It's a generally slow-moving, like, good river for swimming thing yeah like this is a normal activity they weren't doing something foolish um so they were naked and this was normal for the time swimsuits weren't common um and the river which as i said is usually slow flowing was um swollen and the current was faster than normal from a recent storm up upstream like it Mm -hmm. hadn't happened there so the boys aren't necessarily thinking about it but the water still goes down even if it didn't rain there um so not only is there a sped up current, but there's also eddies. So getting sucked under. <laughs> um, it wasn't until the sun started to go down that the boys realized they were much further downstream than they expected because they're just slowly, slowly floating down. Um, and they were much closer to the pilings 
of the Craven Street Bridge, then was safe. Because that's where you get caught with the eddies. Mm-hmm. And that's how you drown and die. <laughs> so they are starting to head home because they realize when the sun's going down and they're much further than they should be. So they got to get going sooner rather than later. And they realize that one of their friends is missing. They start searching for him. They call his name. They dive underwater to try to find him. One of them goes for help. There's a boat that's brought out. Lanterns are lit up along the river to try to find him. Um, eventually they call it a night because you can only search for so long in the dark and it'd be practical. And they plan on dredging the river the next morning for the boy's body. They assume he's <clears throat> dead. Yeah. His body is never found, which is sad. But after that, people start reporting um, seeing a naked boy running across the bridge. <gasps> Oh my goodness. Who wouldn't respond to them when he was called out to? And if you ran after him, he would just vanish. And I just think it's the most Spooky. interesting one because when do you hear of naked ghosts? Yeah. They're always Never. in Victorian dressing gowns. Always. They could be from 2011. They're in a Victorian yeah, dressing literally. gown, though. So I, I, that gives it more credence, in my opinion, that this, this ghost boy does haunt this. Um, this bridge because you never hear a naked ghost. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Those are those are the primary haunted bridges of North Carolina based on the internet. <laughs> well, that was good. I like that. It makes me want to do more little weird haunting. Yeah, little baby collages yeah. of similar hauntings, whether it be the kind of thing haunted or the kind of haunting. Yeah, which that's yeah, gives us more stories. It does. Well, um, stay safe, everybody, and try not to kill anyone, and uh, don't mess with Ouija boards. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs>